Well, the Big 12 basketball season, as we expected, has been absolutely outstanding as we approach the halfway mark. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Of course, how you find us covering the entire Big 12 conference. Uh, let's welcome on our friend Ashley Hodge. He is uh, one of the owners of Sikkim 365. They do an outstanding job covering the Baylor Bears. But Ashley, not just um, you know their basketball insider, but also covers the entire conference beyond Baylor and knows this conference uh, as well as anybody. So, Ashley, good to have you on the show, man. Let's start off with this. Describe Big 12 basketball this season to me in one word. What's the one word you would use? Stressful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, first of all, it's great to be on. And, I mean, if you're a fan, it's stressful. If you're if you're a non – if you don't have any skin in the game, it's awesome. I mean, I, I love watching other teams in the Big 12 play. You know you're going to get a great game. You know it's probably going to come down to the wire. I mean, it's, it is is insane. A conference, as I've seen, you know, Texas Tech be an offer, and they're a, a solid team. You know, I think – on any given night, they can beat anybody in the country. So, you know, it's, it's just a, a remarkable conference this year from top to bottom and a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I think that's a good word, stressful. Because, I mean, you think about the teams at the top of the league versus the team at the bottom of the league or teams at the bottom of the league. I mean, you know, a couple of games go differently here or there. I think about Kansas State, first night of Big 12 play. Uh, they ended up beating West Virginia in overtime. If the Mountaineers win that game. How are those two seasons different? Uh, it's it's a coin right. flip here or there. So your Baylor Bears, let's start with them. Big win on Big Monday over the Kansas Jayhawks. I, I mean, is Baylor a team that you perceive as trending up in the second half of conference play? Are they kind of at a plateau? What is this team in the back half of uh, conference play this season? Well, you're asking someone who probably has some biases, but I do think you know, Baylor has a little bit more upside than other teams. And the reason I feel that way is kind of pinned on four guys. You know, Keontae George is a freshman. You're going to have some ups and downs. He, he played incredible on the road against West Virginia and Texas Tech. And, and Baylor doesn't win those games without great performances from him. And he was brought back down to earth at Oklahoma and then against Kansas on Monday. But you got – he's a freshman and – you know, you got Langston Love, who's trending up. He had a great game against Kansas. And Joshua Ojawuna, he's a freshman. So I think because of the three freshmen that are in their eight-man rotation, you know, just getting more experience and because of their talent level, I do think their upside may be a little higher than some of the older teams. And then the X factor, of course, is Jonathan Chamwachachua, who they're expecting back sometime in February. And reports are he's practicing well and even at 80%. Uh, might be one of the better bigs in the conference. So, you know, if they get him, then I think they can take their upside to another level. But but I'm optimistic uh, as to what their upside is, and I think they've displayed that during their five-game winning streak. So is this going to be a team that you look at right now and you say, okay, uh, they might be, I mean, they're top 25, but they may be undervalued come March Madness and people are going to be maybe sleeping a little bit on Baylor and they make that surprise Sweet 16 Elite Eight run. Is that, is that, because that's the perception I have of this team. Is that accurate right now or is that a bridge too far? Well, yeah, I, I mean, I think the the concerns are valid, you know, I'll say this, like Flagler missed time in December, and so did L.J. Cryer. They were in and out of the lineup, and, you know, they've been playing together the last three games, five games, and they've been healthy. Uh, You know, before that, they were, you know, coming back from injury, missing practice. So everybody's been practicing together, which which is huge. 
And so I think when those three are healthy, you know, Keontae George, uh, Langston Love, uh, not Langston Love, uh, LJ Cryer and Adam Flagler, when they're playing together and building chemistry, they're as good as there is in the country offensively. It, it just puts a lot of pressure on defenses. The big question mark with Baylor is their, is their defense. Uh, you know, they're going to have some games where they just have to outscore people because they don't guard like they have the last three or four seasons. And, you know, that's that may determine their upside is, you know, will they lock in and, and play good defense? But I, but I also think Jonathan Chamochacha was the Big 12 Defense Player of the Year last year, and if, if they get him back, then he'll make a huge difference in their defense. He's so smart. He, he, he just knows how to cover, you know, every ball screen and, and you know, just makes such great intelligent decisions defensively that, that I think he'll – He'll give them another upside defensively, so that's that's the thing that uh, could change them defensively. Ashley, when you look at the Big Twelve Conference, who is? Uh, let's start with this: who is the best team in the Big Twelve Conference right now? Ooh, that is a great question. I, I know Ken Palm has the projected winner at eleven and seven. You know, I'm going to make a lot of Iowa State and Kansas State fans and even Texas fans upset when I say this, but I I think it's going to come down to Baylor, TCU, and Kansas at the end of the day. I think those three teams have the best combination of stability, coaching, talent, been there before. You know, TCU's never been there before as far as challenging for the conference title. Uh, you know, I, I, you can never discount – Kansas, even though they have the three-game losing streak. And, and I think Baylor, you know, has some championship DNA in them. You know, certainly guys like Adam Flagler and Flo Samba, you know, have won consecutive Big 12 championships, and you can't discount that as we make the turn. You know, but uh, Texas, like, I, I feel like they're going to implode. I, I just don't think, you know, that, that's a stable situation. They've played the easier part of the schedule. they got the tougher part coming up. And I could see them easily stringing together three losses in a row. And then Iowa State and Kansas State are incredible stories, well-coached teams. But, you know, maybe the opposite of, like, what I mentioned about Baylor, they're older teams, and sometimes those teams top out early. And then, you know, as the season wears along, especially in the case of Kansas State, that's so reliant on two guys, uh, scouting gets better. And, and maybe they don't have the ability to, um, you know, be as good on the second half of the uh, when you when you make the turn. You know, it may be seven and two and five and four or four and five. You know, the next nine games. So, so I, that's my opinion. I, I'm, you know, Kansas State and Iowa State fans can dunk all over me if I'm wrong about it, but uh, that's what I would say. That's how I see things. All right, interesting. Now, on the other side of things, who is who is the worst team in the Big Twelve Conference if you're looking at it today? Well, I think you got to say Texas Tech. Although after watching Oklahoma last night, I'm like, I know I'm give them that's, a run for that's the money. what I was wondering too. Uh, you know, Texas Tech's interesting because they got Fardaz back, and he's really skilled offensively. And they also have some young guys they're playing, so they may play better the second half of the season. The flip side is Fardaz is not good in ball screens. He he gets abused you know, regularly. So I, I think their defense is going to be significantly lower than in past years. And and then I also think that team could, you know, start to quit a little bit. If if they lose tonight, this is a big game for them against West Virginia. They got to beat West Virginia uh, because otherwise their season, you know, they, they just may go in the tank, so to speak. But, but I, but I, I mean, I would say the next nine games, I would probably think Oklahoma might have the worst record in the next nine.
Mm-hmm. No, I agree. That wouldn't surprise me one bit at all. Um, as you look ahead, do you, Ashley Hodge, Sikkim 365 is joining us. Do you like this Big 12 SEC challenge in the middle of uh, conference play like this? I mean, it's been going on now for what, a few seasons? Do you like this thing or do you feel like it breaks up the momentum of conference play? I love it. I, I think it's awesome. And and I think, uh, to me, it's a, it's a welcome break. You know, I think that um, – I'm excited about the matchups. Uh, I think the SEC kind of has the favorable end of these matchups, you know, when you look at who's got who at home. Uh, so hopefully the Big 12 can, can you know, get the win, uh, you know, series win, 6-4, to 7-3. to But but there's a few, you know, teams like I, I think Tennessee will probably be, you know, favored to beat Texas on their home court. And mm-hmm. I believe Kentucky has Kansas and uh, you know, I is uh, I think Auburn goes to West Virginia, so yes. that's a favorable, uh, you know, for West Virginia. But um, Baylor's got Arkansas; that's going to be a fun game to watch. I mean, I, I just think it, it's cool because it you know gives you a chance to play somebody else in conference. The scouting is so good, the coaching is so good in conference, and, and you could say the same thing for the SEC. But but when you play a team that you're not used to playing and on shorter notice, they they don't play you every year. Sometimes the games are a little more free-flowing offensively, kind of like they are in the uh, NCAA tournament. So you don't have these, like, you know, slugfests that you sometimes see in conference play. So as a basketball fan, I love it. Yeah. Now that I, I'm with you on that. I, I think that it is a kind of welcome break, especially since we've got the double round robin in the Big 12, and, you know, you get to see every team twice anyway. As we continue with Ashley Hodge, um, hey, it's championship weekend, NFL playoffs, and I'm a Chiefs fan here in Kansas City. And if you are, get on board right now with my friends at DraftKings. And if you are a new customer, bet $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly when you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use our promo code HCS for Heartland College Sports. You can't beat that. And even if you're not a Chiefs fan like me, I get it. We're a little spoiled right now. You still want to bet on the action, right? You still want a little juice on the game. So uh, new customers get that great deal. And if you're not a new customer, you can still get the conference championship thrills with a stepped-up same-game parlay. That's right. Each leg you add of your parlay get up to 100% additional potential wins, courtesy of DraftKings. So download the app. Use our code HCS at DraftKings for Heartland College Sports. And new customers bet 5 bucks, get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings with our code HCS. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. When you look at, at this uh, Big 12 SEC challenge, uh, you bring up some concerns I think are legitimate, where the matchups are, who got the favorable end. If the Big 12 doesn't perform like the best basketball conference in America, if they go 5-5 five and five or, you know, God forbid, 4-6, and six, is some of that shine going to wear off this league, a league that everybody considers the best basketball conference in America and a league that some people think 10 teams can get into the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I think so. I, I think you're going to see the talking heads on ESPN, you know, definitely uh, start to question, you know, how good the Big 12 is if, if they don't win this series, you know, at least 6-4, to 7-3. to three. But if you look at the matchups, I mean, Alabama is expected to, to beat Oklahoma handily, and obviously Tennessee getting Texas on their home court is a big advantage. And then, you know, Kentucky-Kansas is probably a coin flip, you know. So, but, but you know, it, you would expect, at least on paper, that Tennessee and Alabama are going to win those, you know, so there's two wins for the SEC. You know, but it's, you know, I, I do think that um, 
top to bottom. You'd be a fool to say the Big 12 isn't the best conference. And, of course, we know the SEC tries to game the system and, and, and take their lower four teams and not even put them in the Big 12 SEC challenge. You know, So that's, you know, that's always an advantage for them. Uh, you know, A&M's the one that probably should have been in it this year because they're one of the better teams in the SEC. But, but overall, you know, they're, they're trying to put their best 10 teams against, you know, and of course, Big, Big 12 has to include everybody. So, so it's a little bit of, uh, of a uh, rigged, uh, you know, contest to, from that standpoint to begin with. But, yeah. but overall, you know, I, I think the Big, Big 12 uh, should win this series and, and uh, you know, hopefully they do. Are you looking forward to, you know, whenever OU and Texas leave and who the heck knows what's happening there, but are you looking forward to, from a basketball perspective, is it going to be good for this conference to have Houston, UCF, Cincinnati, and BYU? Or do you think it'll kind of water down the double round robin that we've got? You know, Houston's a really good program. The rest of them, you know, hit or miss. Uh, what do you think that'll do to the basketball side of things? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I'm such a huge fan of the double round robin that I hate to see that go. You know, it's, you know, Texas has been, you know, consistently an upper half, you know, team over the years and, and uh, OU's had their moments. You know, Houston's obviously, with, as long as Kelvin Sampson's there, is a terrific ad from a basketball perspective. Uh, BYU is going to be a tough place to get a win. And, and I think Cincinnati uh, will also be a tough place to get a win. Not sure on UCF, you know, they'll have to kind of, you know, show us, I think, over time, but but um, you know it's gonna it's change is always fun and uh, I hate losing the double round robin but um, I'm excited about those four teams and excited to go see some of those venues. I was gonna say you know I think too about a team like Texas Tech going to UCF on a Tuesday night. Now I guess they could end up in Morgantown, which probably isn't too big of a difference travel wise. But how do you think right. the travel in this league impacts? I mean, we could talk about this really for any sport outside of football. How do you think the travel plays into how the Big 12 ends up scheduling this thing, especially for basketball when you've got midweek games? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I know West Virginia, when they first came in the league, you know, they did, the Big 12 really didn't do them a whole lot of favors of trying to pair games together. And, and now they have been lately. Like I think, for example, when they come to Waco, they either go to Austin before or after the Waco game. I can't remember which, but but you know, West Virginia has always been at a scheduling disadvantage because of that. And you know, Cincinnati would seem like a kind of a natural partner uh, from a travel perspective with with maybe West Virginia and Iowa State, maybe trying to get you know teams to you know, play those Saturday-Monday games or Saturday-Tuesday games where you don't have to, you know, get on a plane, go back home, get, and then get back on a plane the next day. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think there's going to be some logistics to work out. But uh, UCF, you know, the new one uh, probably will have, you know, the short end of the stick just because they're so geographically isolated compared to the rest of the conference now. So, you know, I don't know how you work that out in any reasonable way. And, uh that may be a struggle for them. I mean, that, those things matter. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think certainly when West Virginia came into the league, it was an adjustment period for them. Yeah, that was. And it will be an adjustment period as well. Uh, what do you make of OU Texas? What the heck do you think's going on here, Ashley? I got to get your thoughts on this and why we don't have a Big 12 football schedule right now. Because I know that you guys at Sikkim 365 are trying to figure out your tailgates uh, for next season. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really care too much, to 
be honest with you. I mean, I want them, I want them gone sooner rather than later. That's my opinion. I, I know, obviously, the business people in Waco would probably say, no, no, you know, those are big paydays for us when they come to town. Um, but, you know, I think that uh, if the Big 12 can negotiate a healthy exit fee, you know, at this point, um, you know, the sooner they're gone, the better, in my opinion. And uh, let's get on with the teams that want to be in the Big 12 and, and you know, start – uh, solidifying this conference going forward. But, um, yeah, you know, the, the the rumors of them tinkering and, and whining about the schedule is just so on on uh, par for, for what the Big 12 has dealt with with those two schools for years and years. So uh, not surprising. No, it's not at all. Uh, Ashley Hodge is our guest here on the show. Always good to have him on. They do a great job over at Sikkim 365. So what do you, you know, as we look at the Big 12, what's going to take place the next six weeks uh, leading up to the Big 12 tournament? And I know you're a staple at the Big 12 tournament. You're, you're not going to miss it this year, right? You're going to be here, Ashley. I'm going to see you at Power and Light District. <laughs> that is up in the air, but uh, oh. I would love to be there. Okay. We've got some family responsibilities i got to uh, juggle, but... Uh, but you know how it is. If, if, if Baylor's uh, on a run, I, I don't know how I'm going to end up missing it. So. I don't know either. I don't know either. But give me, like, the storylines. You look at this league over the next six weeks. We get back into conference play after this weekend. What what are the storylines you think we should be watching the closest in the Big 12 conference? Who stays healthy? You know, that's, that's huge. Like, I think the team that's the healthiest will, uh, you know, probably have the – the major advantage and you know I, I think an interesting thing to watch is the depth issues that maybe a Kansas State and a Kansas have you know they rely on their starters uh, more so than than the other teams in the league and you know that sometimes especially if you lose a guy you know to injury or just overwork or you know not affect not as effective you know beat up by the end of the season you know those things can matter so uh, that's interesting to me. You know, I, I I do think typically the teams that you know have the ability to make the deepest runs, you know, have eight, seven to eight quality players, and you know sometimes you have to you know maybe question that with Kansas and Kansas State right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great point. We'll be watching closely. Ashley, love having you on the show, man. Thanks for being here. Hey, thank you for having me. And, and, I, and I do want to give a shout-out to the job Drum Tang has done. And, 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 you know, any of the comments I make on Kansas State is just, uh, you know, looking at their roster and, and just, you know, trying to project reasonable possibilities. But he's done an amazing job and deserves Coach of the Year uh, praise, as does T.J. Otzelberger, also a, a terrific job, you know, revamping that roster. So, uh, you know, those two uh, programs are in great hands, no question about it. Yeah, absolutely. And no arguments on this end. Ashley, we'll talk to you soon, man. Enjoy the rest of the season. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Pete. Love your work. He's Ashley Hodge, Sikkim 365. Good to have him on. Hey, if you missed the show earlier this week, know that I'm giving away a Clown Bomb shirt. Paul Feinbaum Clown T. It's a men's large. I've got one uh, that has not yet been worn. ESPN came after us for making the T-shirts, but I'm giving away one more that I've got my hands on. Leave a rating, review, subscribe to the podcast, and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and you will be entered to win the Paul Clown Bomb T-shirt in honor of the Big 12 SEC Challenge this weekend. And our friends at DraftKings hooking you up. Bet 5 bucks, get $200 in free bets with our promo code HCS only at DraftKings. Talk to you guys soon. Take care.